Hi, this is Beth, and welcome back to the Daughters Without Moms podcast. This is my second international interview. Natasha lives in Germany. Natasha's mom died when she was 14 years old, and she spent the next 15 years using unhealthy coping mechanisms to bury her pain. Since then, Natasha has learned how to use holistic healing to deal with her trauma. As always, if you are enjoying the podcast, please remember to leave a rating and review. Thanks so much for listening. And now, Natasha's story. Hi, this is Beth, and welcome back to the Daughters Without Moms podcast. Today, I have with me uh, Natasha. Natasha and I met online. Um, Natasha does some healing and grief work um, from what I've seen on her on social media. And um, she did lose her mom um, at a young age. And so she reached out and said that she would be interested in sharing her story. And she's in Germany. You are my second international guest. I actually interviewed someone from Australia earlier this week. So this, yeah, this recording is happening in November. I'm trying to get all my recordings done before December. So this one will come out mid-December, but I'm sitting in PA and she's sitting in Germany. And these are just one of the benefits of an online community that I really, really appreciate. So I am going to turn the mic over to Natasha. I am going to let her introduce herself and share her story. And then um, we'll come back and have um, a discussion after she's finished. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'll introduce myself. Hi, I'm Natasha. I am, as Beth said, I, I do some, um, I'm a coach and I do work with um, other women, other people who uh, have experienced grief. I've worked with other women who have lost their mothers. Um, this is a message that's, you know, very close to my heart, obviously. Um, and yeah, I... I'm 35 and I, I lost my mom, died very suddenly when I was 14. She, um, she died of pneumonia, of sepsis kind of complications uh, connected to pneumonia. And, um, you know, it was very strange. She she got a cold and it seemed normal. And then I, I remember normal. I mean, it seemed like she had a cold and, uh, I, I remember saying goodbye to her before I went to school. Um, you know, and, uh, on my way back home, I mean, I knew she was sick on my way back home. I called my stepfather and, and I asked how mom was doing. And he said that she'd gone into hospital because she had pneumonia, but everything was okay. And then, you know, when I got home, my uncle was there, her younger brother. I have two sisters and so my two younger sisters were there. And then, you know, around 8 PM, my stepfather came back in and, you know, I, I walked in and I said, where's mom? And my uncle, you know, broke down and said she died. And it's still, you know, when I, when I talk about it, there's so much in my physiology and in my, in my mind and everything that just starts to kind of sh- just 
almost still say like what like this just can't quite believe it because it was such a shock and um you know as I'll, I'll go into later a big a big part of my healing journey was understanding about trauma and the impacts of shock and how incredibly shocking that um experience was to lose someone um to lose your mother someone so profound at that age um in that way but I didn't understand any of that at that time and um yeah you know my my dad we'd as a family just been going through a big period of of healing and recovery both of my parents had um issues with drugs um my dad quite quite severely uh, my parents had got divorced and so at the point where my mom died it was we were already in just a complete chaos um and I was very unwell I was anorexic and you know, I was just trying to cope with all of the other stuff that had happened in my life. And then my mom died and, and it was just kind of layer upon layer of, of, yeah, I think trauma and, and shutdown. Um, and it's, it's interesting because I, you know, I spend so much time thinking about and breaking down this period of my life when I lost my mom, you know, because I have such a such a depth of understanding and ability to hold grief now and ability to kind of hold of to experience those memories. And that's something I didn't have until I was into my 30s. You know, it took me a good 15 years to get to a point where I even where I even was like interested in what grief could mean beyond, okay, um, she died and it's been two weeks, and now I go back to school and I get on with it. And I tried to find, you know, all the different ways I could to bury that pain, you know, that pain of losing her, but also the complexity of the relationship I had with her and I had with my parents during that time. And, you know, something I'm really passionate about, actually, I work sort of in, in narrative narrative therapy work as well is, um, you know, how when we lose someone, especially when we're young, we're sort of beholden to a family narrative. And when you lose someone, or you, you know, you lose your mother, I really believe that she's, you know, your mother is your ground. She's where you come from. She's, when you lose that, you kind of, you are uprooted again, especially as a child. So I, you know, soaked up as we do as children. Okay. What is okay for me to feel? What's okay for me to express about my mother? And the message I always got back was my mother was this perfect person, (laughs) you know, and that's how that was the appropriate way to remember her, which leaves no space for grief, right? Because grief involves anger. It involves processing. It involves like forgiveness and and in order to do that you need to be able to feel safe to express all of those feelings and see the person you lost as a person and even more so you know such an important part of growing up is to that the understanding that your parents are humans you know 
So I was always carrying this incredibly deep mother wound, not only because I lost her, but because I had so many conflicting feelings about her. Um, feelings of guilt. I always felt like she was angry at me. You know, I just internalized all of these, these um, messages I had about what was okay for me to feel. And it sort of, it turned into me feeling angry with myself, which is what often happens with children, right? They just decide, okay, I must be bad. I must be wrong. Like she, she left me and, and, you know, I have so much compassion for that kid now, but at the time I, I just, um, I see now how profoundly, obviously that loss, I think that like, you know, it's, I don't think, I think there's some people that have incredibly supportive fam families and communities and they do move through experiences, um, like losing a parent young with more grace or ease, let's say, just because they have the ability to like connect and plug into that supportive community. And they, I mean, hopefully, and God, I really hope that like the work that you're doing and I'm doing is creating a dialogue where when this happens for people, which it will continue to do, people will continue to lose their, their parents at young ages. We have the ability to talk about grief in a more like coherent, compassionate way, because that just didn't exist when I was little, you know? And, and so there was a lot of trauma. There was a lot of trauma mixed up. And um, yeah, of course, it was very difficult for me to have relationships. It was very difficult for me to commit to anything. I was just, um, yeah, I was like an open, I was like an open wound with like a tiny little, band-aid on top and anytime someone blew on it it would come right off and I would just be like there it would all be and and that was my story and I say story very um cognizantly like that was a story I told myself and that was my experience I was really this person that my mother lost to find me and I would talk about it in a very kind of like matter of fact way I couldn't tap into the emotion um but I would find myself, you know, this was just like the depth to which I just didn't understand what grief meant and what, like how, how deep an experience like this shapes you. I would, you know, my mom passed away on January the 10th and, and always around this time we're in November right now, we're recording right around like November, I would start to get really like low and depressed and, and there was this part of me that, of course, said, like, well, of course you're depressed. Like, it's coming up to the time your mom died. But there was a much bigger part that was like, no, no. You know, this disassociation that was like, no, that's not true. Like, something else is wrong with me. You know, I can't look at the really obvious thing because then I have to acknowledge that it's real, you know. And I talk to so many women who say, you know, when they, they're coming up. I recently, I've, I've spoken to quite a few women who are coming up on the anniversary of their one year anniversary of their mom passing away. And they, a lot of them say like, this is the hardest time because suddenly it becomes real. And I remember those first few years when it's actually, it gets harder in the beginning because you're like, it's not, you know, she's not coming back. 
And um, anyway, so this was kind of the picture of how I dealt with it, which is not at all for most of my my teens and my 20s. And then um, things got really bad for me in my, you know, I got to sober recovery when I was 27, thankfully. And um, I started to, I, I discovered in my 30s, again, I just, thank God, when I was 30, I discovered somatic experiencing and trauma healing, which is a lot of what I do now. And I started to understand what sudden loss and trauma does to the nervous system. And up until that point, again, it was, I, I, I was, I, I didn't understand anything about that, that, that biology. I didn't, you know, it was just a mystery to me. <laughs> and then when I, you know, I remember sitting in, I went to see this woman. I was, I was, I was 30 years old, just turned 30. And I went in to see her and I had a real story about why I was there to see her. Um, and it was because I'd had like another breakup with someone and there had been a disconnection. And I had a story that I thought, you know, there was a reason that I thought um, I was seeing her. And she listened to me for a while and I'd done a lot of therapy up until that point. And um, I talked, she let me talk for like 20 minutes. And then she said, okay, Natasha, can you just take a breath? Can you just breathe with me? So I did. And I just remember breaking down like all of this pain, all of this pain. I didn't know where it was coming from. And she guided me not to intellectualize it, not to try and analyze it, but it was just coming. And it was like my whole reality had just been flipped where I, I realized, well, this is what I remember, that all of the stories I've been telling myself about how I coped and what had happened had just been that. They'd been stories and they hadn't actually helped me do anything other than survive. And um, as I worked intensively with this trauma healer, I was able to allow that space to, to experience my mother as a full person. I was able to, she was able to hold me through that experience of, you know, it's okay that you weren't taken care of. It's okay that you had this loss. You don't, you know, you can feel this. It can all be here and you can learn to experience it. And it was really challenging. And um, the big revelation that came to me after, after um, a year of working with her, maybe a bit less, after about seven or eight months of working with her, my grandfather died. And this kind of, it was the first person in my life to die after my mother. And we did had a very strange relationship. So it wasn't something that was particularly grief inducing, but it did bring up the topic of death. And I remember so clearly I was talking to her because, you know, as great trauma healers do, they let you talk, you know, they're always there for you to um, make sure that you're supported through outside sessions. And anyway, I was talking to her and I was having a real, I'd had a real um, experience of overwhelm and, um, you know, my, my natural tendencies, which are, uh, we don't have time to go into all of the different things that came up with my mom. But what I realized was, I think she said something to me. I was said how angry I was. And she said, you know, this thing that many of us hear and is profoundly changing when you really feel it on a visceral body level. 
which was, you know, I think behind your anger is sadness, you know, like behind all that anger and that fight, there is a deep sadness that you haven't let yourself truly feel because it's too scary. And what I realized was I had been, the pain that I, the anger that I felt and was really about the fact that I felt stuck in this kind of version of myself that was actually that 14 year old girl who was a perfectionist and wanted to be thin because her mother was obsessed with being thin, wanted to be beautiful because her mother was beautiful and wanted to be an artist because her mother was an artist. And I realized that I, by not allowing myself to fully feel that sadness and fully grieve, I was staying trapped in that 14 year old girl. I was still that 14 year old girl, you know? And it was like, I remember it as being these profound like light bulb moments. I don't know if it was really like that, but that's how I remember it in retrospect. And I was like, wow, this is the choice. It's like my only way to cling on to her has been to cling on to that really, really sick identity that I had, you know, unwell person. And, and actually I, I'm, I'm now studying maturation work and what I, what I realized I now have the language for it was I had to allow myself to, I didn't know that I had to allow myself to grieve. Um, I think I just knew I had to allow myself to move on, you know, and I didn't really know how I was going to do that, but I knew, and that started a process that I really think um, led me towards becoming a mother and it was really when I became a mother like we were speaking about a bit earlier you know when I was pregnant with my daughter I had the most intense feelings of grief that I'd had since I was 14 you know I I found out I was pregnant with Leah on the anniversary of my mom's death it was quite extraordinary and I've heard that happens quite a lot um yeah I get chills thinking about that and it's beautiful because it really changes the context of that day. But I felt such grief and at the time, God, it was excruciating and I felt lonely, but now I think it was a real blessing because I had to feel it because anyone that's had a child. And I mean, I see a lot of other women who've had this experience and it's, it's in the great, you know, the books, motherless daughter, motherless mothers, you know, we, we see like, yes, most many women have this experience of having this opportunity to rebirth themselves, have, you know, choosing to allow that grief to surface because they want to become the woman that their child needs them to be. And I don't think that happens. I don't, I don't think it was even conscious for me. I think I just... I was so much more open, but it was very hard. It was very hard. Um, and I actually ended up with gestational hypertension. So I ended up with high blood pressure at the end of my pregnancy. Um, and this is a kind of a sort of dives into why I ended up getting into coaching and, and um, health coaching. I, so I was very stressed. The grief actually caused a lot of stress. And I went into some really avoidant um, work behavior, to, <laughs> I think, in retrospect. And, um, you know, I had this, 
I had blood pressure. It was really scary. Thankfully, my daughter's fine. Um, but, you know, this the thing that everyone would, all the doctors said, you know, I'd ask, like, why is it? What's, you know, are there any reasons why this high blood pressure is, has occurred now? I mean, I had none of the benchmarks for someone that should have high blood pressure. It's not in my family. Um, anyway, and then, you know, I, I they didn't have any answers. But what I felt in my heart very deeply was that that, um, particular issue connected to the pain in my heart that wasn't resolved and I really felt like it was an invitation to heal a lot of the pain around my mom so I, I think the real initiation into learning how to grieve was when I had my daughter when she was born um, and she you know the thing that was beautiful when I became a mother was I, I had this idea, which I think a lot of us do that, okay, I don't have a mother and I haven't had a mother for a long time. So how am I going to mother her? How am I going to know how to do that? There's such a loss in her not having a grandmother. There's such a, and there, there was many, many times where I felt a profound, profound sense of like deep, deep, pain and grief at not being able to just actually connect in with who I was there was that there was that missing link you know well what was I've heard so many I didn't know at the time but now you know these questions like well what was breastfeeding like for her what how did she feel I suddenly understood my mother as this this other person and that's these transitions that we go through and as as women who have lost mothers or any kind of profound like loss like that where like your maturation as a woman in, means that you're going to have to go through different stages of grief every time because you are relating to your mother in a different way. Um, and so much of my work now personally and also with others is learning how to approach that as an invitation to build a relationship with your mother rather than to just get so centered on the pain of it. I, yeah, since that time, and I think it seems to be true for so many women who have had this experience, is I felt a deep, deep sense of needing to, to connect and, and do work around the mother wound and around the experience of mother loss and around the experience of, of womanhood and lineage and all of these um, all of these themes connected, connected with, with um, motherhood. But now, you know, the, the thing that I really try to share today um, when it comes to grief and it comes to this grief connected to mother loss is actually what we label as grief, I believe, is quite often something else, right? It's, there is grief, but quite often also it's trauma. Quite often also it's, you know, stuff to do with the dysfunction that existed in that relationship with, with your mother. And, um, you know, for some people it's not, but for, for a lot of us it is. And, and I think it's really important to, to be able to distinguish between those things because it's my experience that the trauma is just this barrier 
to being able to process the grief and grief in itself is just incredibly natural. You know, grief is change. Um, loss, massive loss is, is part of life. And we were actually designed to be able to do it, but we were also designed to live in communities. We were designed to have um, a deep connection to spirit. Um, we were designed to, yeah, be able to commune with nature and we've lost touch with that. And as a result, a lot of the way people grieve is really wrapped up in, in, in survival and, and disconnection. So, yeah, um, I have such a different relationship with my mum now. Um, but yeah, it took me a long time. It took me a long time to get there, you know. And I know that there are still challenges. There are still, you know, my daughter's only two. And um, I'm very aware that I will have to continue, like my own personal healing will, will continue and um, my commitment to that, to do that work for myself um, is also my commitment to be able to be that space for other people. You know, because I think that I see a lot of stuff on the internet and I have, I sort of have a love hate relationship with the presence of grief narratives on social media and on Instagram. I think some of it's great. I think some of it's not particularly helpful. Um, I think some of it can be comparative, but I often see these, these sort of memes or, or quotes, whatever it is of people saying, you know, your, your grief doesn't have to be your grief doesn't have to be growth. Your grief doesn't have to be um, transformed into anything else. Your grief can just be grief. And that is completely true. You are not obliged to grieve in any way for anyone else. But I think it's really important that we know that we have the choice, that we always have the ability to choose our lives. We always have the ability to choose what's happening to us. You know, and and that doesn't mean that anything has to be done with your experience, but it but at least you get to be there for it. You know, mm -hmm. right? Because I think the difference is is if the grief is um, prohibiting you living, mm. right? Mm. I mean, if some people can, um, I, I mean, I, I, I think, I think that there's no way to, um, to just ignore it and, and not ever deal with it at some point in time. Like you said, it took you 15 years, you know, perhaps it took me 25 years, you know, um, to be able to deal with it. Um, but I think the different, the different coping mechanisms are, or what can really make something be detrimental or something be, be learning and growing and, and um, making progress moving forward. I don't think you ever get over grief, um, but I do think that you have to go through it to learn how to move with it. Um, but it never goes away. Like you said that you you just experienced it when you became a mom. Well, I can tell you another time, like I'm becoming an empty nester. It's another mm. season of life, which makes me go, huh? You know, think about being a mom when your role as a mom changes and morphs with 
the age of your children, there's all kinds of times that make you think about, go back to your own mom. Totally. And I think so much of that's also to do with how we choose to see grief. Do we see grief as a, do we, do we let grief be so mixed up in tragedy that, that, that the memory becomes, you know, the grief becomes a tragic experience, becomes a traumatizing experience and we get stuck in that loop. Um, And that's why I really believe that the trauma work is important because actually not in the beginning (laughs) and not, not even in necessarily in the later stage, but actually grief, you can see, learn to experience grief as a profoundly spiritual experience. You know, death is as present in our, in our experience as life. It is, I'm a Scorpio, so maybe I (laughs) just (laughs) here for this, but like, that's been really important um, for me to really start to take responsibility. Again, I, you know, if I speak to a woman and she's like, oh, I lost my mom two years ago and I'm interested in doing this kind of work. I'm like, this, this isn't for you because it's too soon. And they're mm. still really like, unless you really feel stable and strong and you've had already had a lot of um, support, a lot of us, like, you know, like you say, we carry this pain with us for a long time. And at some point, I think there's something inside us that says, okay, I need to change my story around. I need to change my relationship with grief because it's going to be here. Mm-hmm. It's going to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and I actually had two, I had two miscarriages this year, quite late stage miscarriages. And, and it was absolutely the most, um, you know, the, my, my, biggest encounter with grief since my mom died um but I really felt like I was able to navigate it in a way that was very spiritual and very um kind of in in enriching but I was I was I knew how to move with it I knew, and it wasn't until I got to have that experience and I sort of intuitively knew that was coming for me. Um, when I just, when I thought about doing mother loss work, I, I, there was something in my mind that said, you're going to have to, there's, there's another side of the coin that's, that's there for you to experience. And it was profoundly painful um, as anyone who's had a miscarriage or lost a child knows, but it was also yeah, it was a very different experience being able to go in and have that trust in life because that's what most of us lose. We don't trust life anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And it's so hard to be in life when you don't trust it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you're participating fully if you don't have trust. Well, you're just constantly trying to control it. It's just a game of control, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and there's no experience there. It's just, it's, it's do or die. It's like, okay, what do I, what levels do I need to pass in order to stay safe? Um, mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. 
But don't you think that's part of the protective mechanism that you learn from an early loss like that? Like I, you know, I have recognized that in myself that I put barriers up because I, I have these things that I've deemed as safe. And as long as I stay within this cocoon of safety, I'll be okay. Even if it means I'm not participating fully in life, it feels safe. Yeah. And I mean, that is, you know, that's, that's the trauma response. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's what happens in trauma. That's the disconnection. We stop trusting life and we default into our survival um, mechanisms, you know? So I do a lot of nervous system work and, you know, most people understand about sort of parasympathetic and sympathetic, which is like when you're in parasympathetic, you are able to relax. This is kind of like what we, most people understand. And when we're in sympathetic, we're in fight and flight, but it's actually more complex than that. And there are two sort of, there are two aspects of your um, parasympathetic nervous system. And, you know, when we're in, when we're in nature, when we're, when we're in our faith, when we feel connected, we are in our, in our vagal, um, the vagal aspect of the, the vagal, vagus nerve. And that, um, that is where we were able to connect. That's where we're able to, to do, to kind of be emotionally open. That's where we're in the, the evolved part of our brain. But what happens for most of us that have an early tragic loss is we just get stuck in the dorsal part of our vagus nerve, which is just immobilization or the sympathetic, which is, um, you know, fight fight or flight um and for me it's been really really important to understand these terms and understand how my biology is responding because it's just helped me helped me build so much compassion for myself because otherwise before it was just so heady it was like okay I have all these survival mechanisms and it's to do with this and there were just so many stories but when I understood that like I am a human animal I have a biological system that is set up to protect me and I'm in this loop and it's less about me trying to undo the story of like my mother died and how can I because it's just too hard like my mother died it's very difficult to trust it's very difficult to let go of that fear of abandonment that's I'm not going to take that away from anyone it's just what it is but when I can start to understand okay I need to support the aspect of my parasympathetic nervous system that is there to help me feel connection by breathing through embodiment work through yoga through like consciously doing these things that may allow me to feel connected to life that aren't necessarily dependent on other people right that I can trust life because I'm a human being and I belong and I get to be part of this experience it takes a lot of the pressure off of the stories around why, why I have all these protective mechanisms. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I think it's just helpful to, well, I don't think sometimes it's helpful. I, I think at a certain point, depending where you want to go with your healing, being able to start to dissolve those stories and live without them. You know, when I tell that to some people, they're like, that's impossible. Like, who am I without my stories? Who am I without this identity? Who am I? If I let go of the story, if I start to dissolve this version of myself connected to this loss of my mother, is it, am I, am I doing a disservice to her? Mm -hmm. It's, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff wrapped up in that. 
but actually we are capable of, of we're not capable, but we, we're capable. We're not only capable, we're also deserving of being able to like find a space in life and in ourselves where we also get to experience freedom. You know, it's not always, but it's, it's really, it's really possible. And it's deep work. It's deep, deep work. Mm-hmm. I think there's a desire in women to, to do that very deep work of processing how we transform through grief, how we, how we birth something new because we are in the business of birthing and creating. <laughs> that is what we do, not just of children, but of, of stories of life, of these processes. And, and it's, I think it's so important and powerful that so many of us who have lost our mothers, women who've lost our mothers are speaking about this now and um, sharing because it impacts the whole world. You know, mothers, we all, we all, well, we don't, you know, mothers are the people that carry the world, right? I think it was a, I don't know if it was Gabor Mate or, but he said, you know, it's, I can't remember exactly what he said, but you know, it's like the, 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 the profoundest change is the mother that chooses to do the healing mm-hmm. is the mother that chooses to, to look at, look at their pain and make a, and make a choice to take care of themselves. Um, because it's where it all starts. So I think just from that perspective of where life comes from, um, that's part of our gift as women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm part of the gift and of the 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 weight and the weight yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. and the weight and I think so much of the like maturation process is like learning to have that experience of it as a gift you know it's and it's not about forcing like platitudes down people's throats and being like okay you can go from grief to gratitude and you can like find ways to like, I don't believe in that, but mm-hmm. I do believe in offering people a process where they actually change because it's, we're not, you know, we're going to continue to experience loss. I mean, mm-hmm. we just, we're in a pandemic, you know, we're going to continue to experience loss also on our planet, you know, and I think mother loss is also, also connected to the climate right now. You know, we're losing, we're losing a lot in, in our earth. So I think this theme, yeah, it's like, how do we choose to take it? How do we choose to, to honor, how do we choose to honor our mother's memories? You know, and that's our choice. That's everyone's choice. But I think it's um, knowing that you get to kind of have it be part of the fabric of, how, of who you become, I think is a really, I think it's just a, a just reassuring (laughs) just a sort of reassuring affirmation of of how life can be Mm -hmm. um I just feel like it's uh, everything you're saying is important because um where the mother loss is just such a void and even now my mom's been gone for 38 years but there's just times that you just want that 
reassurance and that affirmation from that only person that can provide it in that type of way. Um, and I think the only way that you learn how to live with that is to um, learn how to depend on yourself. And you can't learn how to depend on yourself if you keep living by all those stories that you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, you had at some point in order to depend, I mean, I, I'd like to say even like learn how to cultivate that energy. I, I, I actually have a course that I, it's called Mother Mother Within. And, you know, it's very much about learning to cultivate this energy. Um, it's scary because there's so much art in a child is like, no way. Like I want my mom. Don't even try and tell me that I'm going to do this myself. That is such a, that takes so much in a, not so much, but it takes some real profound inner child work to let her know, like, I can mother you, but I'm not, I'm not taking away the fact that like you lost your mom, you know? And I think that a big part of that work is sitting with her and being like, Hey, like having that conversation where you can really say like, I, I can do this for you. Like I, I can be here for you and let's, let's try because my experience, as I said earlier, with, with realizing like this energy where I mother my daughter, like this just this mothering that I can give to her. And I feel very lucky that I can because I know a lot of people struggle with connecting with the, their children, especially daughters, when they've had a loss like that. It was so big. The energy of my love for her and my ability to mother her and show her love was so expansive that I was like, wow, like I get to be here because she's just like doing her thing, you know, like she loves me and she loves having the energy, my mothering energy, but like, she's, she's watching Peppa Pig. And so I can be like, okay, I can have some of this. Like I get to have some of this love for me, mm-hmm. you know, and that's would be just like my, my advice, like advice or my, my, my just like suggestion for anyone, like in that position with a new daughter, or even like with a pet, like I, I actually, I, I had another friend that told me she had the same experience. I thought it was crazy. I got a kind of postpartum depression after I got my puppy. I got him before I had a child. And I'm really, thank God I had him before I had a kid because it really showed me how, how challenging it was to go through that without my mom. But anyway, I think you can still have that experience where you're like, okay, this capacity I have to give love to someone else, to give love to my child, to be a mother. I can, I can give that to myself. So on Instagram, I know you are the empowered healing coach. Um, and I will put all these tags and things in the podcast show notes so that people can find you. Where else can they find you to connect with you? Um, I have a Facebook group called Recovering the Mother. Um, that's for other women who lost their mums. I do coaching um, within that, which is a small group. I just started it like a couple of months ago. Um, I may, I'm mainly on Instagram. I do have my website, which is natasha-mcdowell.com. Um, I'm also an artist. So I also have another website that has a very similar handle. So it can be a bit confusing, but um, yeah, I mainly, I main, I'm, I spend a lot of my time on Instagram in terms of my social presence. So that's like a really good place to find me. And 
I'm actually going to be doing a masterclass in a couple of weeks, a free masterclass called grief and the nervous system. So I'm going to be diving into like how some of the stuff we talked about, like how we can really support our nervous system to, you know, allow ourselves to have an experience of grief, which doesn't feel overwhelming and, 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 and just painful, but how we can actually support our, our nervous systems through this, because it can be really depleting. Um, grief can be really depleting and it can really have a take its toll. So that will be there too. And there's a link on Instagram now. Okay. Awesome. So if you had to wrap everything that you shared up and leave people with one final tip or one mm-hmm. final thought, do you have something that you would want to share? Um, and and if think, not, that's okay. No, 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 I do. I mean, I, I think what I said um, just now um, as we were wrapping up about how mothering energy is it's an energy and it's expansive and it's available to you um always and you have the ability to cultivate it within yourself and um yes that takes some work sometimes but i think just knowing that it is there um and that you get to lead into that Um, and that you can really give so much to yourself. Um, I think was that that was the thing that really shifted, shifted everything for me when I recognized I can mothering energy is a two way flow, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story and for the amazing work that you're doing. Um, it's funny that, you know, I, I've never, I connect with a lot of the things you're saying, but I've never, you know, thought about the nervous system and the biological makeup and all of those sort of things. But it's, I think sometimes when we can think about it in a systematic manner, it helps let go of some of the fear of, mm. of you know, of letting go of that identity that has shaped mm. us for so many years when you think that it's biological and, that, you know, that that's how we're intended and made to be. So I really appreciate you you sharing your perspective with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure to get to share with you Mm -hmm. and your audience. If you'd like more information on my thoughts about the grief journey, please visit my website, www.yourgriefjourney.com. If you'd be interested in sharing your story on the podcast, please send me an email to daughterswithoutmoms at gmail.com.